Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Before we get into the update, I just got to say thank you to all the veterans out there. Today is your day. Cannot thank you enough. Your service is unmatched, and we appreciate everything you do for our country. Now, moving forward, wild week in the NFL, guys. Week 10, we saw roller coasters every single week, and let's get into some recaps. Uh, let's go with the, one of the biggest shockers of the week, the Tennessee Titans taking down the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes back after injury, 35-32. to 32. Ryan Tannehill, who would have guessed, 181 yards, two touchdowns. He rushed three times for 37 yards, but Derek... Henry carried the team on his back, 23 rushes, 188 yards on the ground, two touchdowns for the man. We got Adam Humphreys getting the game-winning touchdown, his only catch of the day uh, for 23 yards and into the end zone. For the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, he returned, he showed up, 446 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Tyreek Hill caught one of them, he had 11 catches for 157 yards and a score. Miko Hartman had one catch, but it was a touchdown for 63 yards. Travis Kelsey also had 75 yards and a score. Let's go to the Snoopy Bowl. Everyone was so excited about this one. Snoopy Bowl, Poopy Bowl, whatever you want to call it. One of the highest totals on the board. Jets take down the Giants, 34-27. to 27. I know you two being Jet fans are very excited about this one. Or are you? I don't know. Maybe I want them to lose. I was going to say, this might hurt it. your chances, right? I don't now, know if I want this. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I guess the bragging rights against Giants exactly. is important. Exactly. This is like New the one-one one I would want to win walking around this city. New York is green, just to let everybody know. Uh, Sam Darnold, 230 yards, a touchdown. He also rushed for a touchdown, 25 yards on the day. Le'Veon Bell, 18 rushes, 34 yards, but he did get in the end zone. Uh, we got Jamison Crowder, 81 yards and a score. On the other side, Daniel Dimes-Jones throws four touchdown passes, still loses. 300 total yards. He rushed three times for 20 yards. Saquon Barkley was held to one yard. 13 rushes, one yard. He had yeah, 30 yards on the air, though. Fantasy teams. I have a fantasy team that's, like, in second place, was, like, 7-2 and two going into this week and was in a big matchup. And, Alex, I have, I have Saquon Barkley and... Cooper Cup Ooh. got me a bagel. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get into that in just a second. I know my Steelers had something to say about that, but uh, shout out to the BFFs who took them down in the fantasy pit league. I got three wins in a row, get boys. We climbing it. up that ladder. The uh, the spoil season continues. Um, moving right along here, Darius Slayton caught two of those Daniel Jones passes for 119 total yards. Golden Tate has 97 yards and two scores as well. Let's get into that. Why not? The Pittsburgh Steelers taking down the Los Angeles Rams 17-12. to Jared Goff, 243 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns in the air for him. Uh, we got Todd Gurley, who was held to 73 yards. And uh, Robert Woods, 95 yards on seven catches. But for Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph, 242 yards, one touchdown. That went to his former Oklahoma State University teammate, James Washington, had a career-high 90 yards and a score. Jalen Samuels was held for 29 yards on the ground, 11 yards in the air. Steelers have won four in a row, guys. They had four turnovers. That defense is no joke. I'm not trying to be a homer here. 
Uh, keep an eye well, on that. Let me that. ask you something, Alex. Can that defense that is no joke, can they stop or even slow Lamar effing Jackson? That is the uh, the golden question, Dane. We end the season, uh, excuse me, they end the season, week 17 in Baltimore. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. But the next three weeks are Cleveland, Cincy, Cleveland. Ooh. I don't know. That's a nice little uh, three-game skid right there for uh, the Steelers. But we'll, we'll move right along here. We'll worry about that next week. Let's go to Miami, guys. Joe, I know you were celebrating down there in Miami. They took down the Colts 16-12. to Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, 169 nice yards, one interception. But he rushed for 23 yards and a score. Uh, Kalen Balaj, 43 yards on the ground. Devontae Parker, 69 Nice yards in the air, thanks to five catches. On the other side, Brian Hoyer in for the injured Jacoby Brissett. 204 yards, one touchdown, but three costly interceptions. Marlon Mack, 19 rushes, 74 yards. Jack Doyle had three catches for 44 yards and a score. Colts are struggling, guys. They're losing this uh, playoff race here. They need Jacoby Brissett back. Maybe he comes back next week. Uh, let's go into the Green Bay Packers taking down the Carolina Panthers. It came down to the final play of regulation. 24-16, Green Bay wins in a snowy Lambeau field. Aaron Rodgers, 233 yards. That's it. No touchdowns, no interceptions. But Aaron Jones carrying the team. 13 rushes for 93 yards, three touchdowns. I think it was at plus 2,000 to score three touchdowns in this game. Congratulations yeah. to anybody who threw something on that. Devontae Adams, who uh, his turf toe is no more. Seven catches for 118 yards. For Carolina, Kyle Allen, a 307 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But Christian McCaffrey making his case for the MVP. 108 yards on 20 carries, one touchdown. He had six catches for 33 yards. Speaking of MVP, Baltimore taking down Cincinnati 49-13. to Lamar Jackson, four touchdowns. That's all you really need to know. He's in the MVP category. He had He's the uh, front runner right now. 289, 88 yards, excuse me, total on the day. Ryan Finley for the benched Andy Dalton struggling. But tonight we got the Seattle Seahawks heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The line right now sits at, let me get it real quick for you guys. Seattle is plus six and a half underdogs, uh, and they are plus 210 on the money line. All right, going to send it to Dane and Joe on Make It Rain, helping you win some cash this Monday morning. You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Final hour, make it rain on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Want to send a uh, big shout out to the, uh, the men and women uh, serving this country and the armed forces around the world, protecting our freedoms along with their family members who, of course, are also serving uh, with them. We thank you guys very much on this Veterans Day for your service. As we get ready for a Monday night football clash here in the NFL, we got Seattle, we got the undefeated 49ers, a NFC West bash that's going to be, uh, hopefully, just as entertaining as a lot of those games were over the weekend. But it's, uh, it's funny. One, there was a situation late Saturday night that happened in college football that I'm wondering if this will ever happen in the NFL. But there was a uh, Pac-12 game between Washington State and Cal at Cal, one that Washington State was a severe favorite in. And then in the fourth quarter with uh, with Cal down, uh, Cal up a score, by the way, they had just uh, put the ball in the end zone and kicked off. And there was a flag on the play for hands to the face. And they ended up moving uh, the ball. They had run it all the way up to the 40, uh, but they sent it all the way back to the eight-yard line when they called the penalty. The only problem is 
They called it on Washington State when the penalty was on Cal. So they penalized Washington State. So instead of having the ball past midfield on the kickoff, they were all the way back to the eight-yard line before they realized, oh, crap, we assessed the wrong team, the penalty. So uh, the Pac-12 has come out now uh, and said that they have not only suspended the ref, the, the head referee of the crew, but they have downgraded everybody else. I don't know how much money they make, but I'm wondering, is would we as fans be happier if they did this on the NFL level where we got our pound of flesh afterwards? Because we don't right now know what they do behind the scenes. I, they say they do something, but of course, we don't know it. But I'm wondering if it would be easier to swallow if this had happened in the NFL. Do we Should we know as fans that this guy got fired or this guy got demoted or this guy got... Should we know that? Well, we know who refs in the playoffs because they're like the highest rated guys, right? So I guess we have some inkling. But uh, that's just prejudice against Mike Leach because he's a pirate, in my opinion. I'm shocked he allowed it to go on. I'm telling you the truth. I know. It was and you know, in the NFL, they'd make a rule so that next year it wouldn't happen again, right. you know? Can't you just fire the ref and let us know it? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, welcome in here. Hour number two, make it rain on the grid, uh, sportsgrid.com. So uh, Monday night, uh, tonight, great game. Could not ask for anything better when you've got the the only undefeated team left, that being the 49ers, taking on the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks with... A guy that's certainly in the conversation uh, having the best year of his career, which is saying a lot since he's got the ring, guys, uh, that being Russell Wilson. But again, I think there's no doubt, no matter what happens here tonight, one of the biggest betting storylines of the 2019 season has been the success of the underdogs. And the dogs this year through week 10, they went 7-3-1 against the number this week in week 10, guys. That's 64%. That puts them at the season at 84, 59, and 4. That's 59% against the number. It's really unheard of at this rate because by the week 10, and usually it's by week 5, you know, we often in the beginning of the year, we get a lot of underdog winners because the markets are still adjusting to the teams. And But guys, 10 weeks in, and the markets still aren't getting it right, because to have underdogs winning at a 59% clip through 10 weeks is it's amazing. And it's not just road, it's not just uh, road dogs, which have been the most profitable, but it's also, you know, home dogs like Pittsburgh yesterday. Yeah. Uh, getting in on the action, winning outright, not just yes. covering, but also winning outright, which continues to be a theme. And will that theme continue to Monday night where you got a Seahawks team, road dog, very profitable. Getting six points here, traveling to San Francisco, 
And I know there's a lot of people asking that question. Will it continue? Because there's no mistake. This is this is a big trend, a big fact of the reality right now. The markets have not caught up yet with the numbers, Dane. It, it's actually pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, that's interesting. Anything I can have a 60% trend on this or 59 this deep into the season means it's something to definitely take notice. I would ask you, Joe, and I don't know if you have these numbers, you know, at your fingertips, but one of the things I'm interested in, you say dogs are, you know, covering 59% of the time. One of the things our boy Gabe Morency says all the time is that the idea of the point spreads don't matter, right? And so when you're saying dogs are covering at 50, at 60%, I really would love to see what percentage of them are just winning outright. You know, if the dogs are winning outright, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, the gap in that percentage would be exactly when the point spreads do matter, right? You know, if they're covering 60% of the time, but winning outright only 30% of the time, that means that other 30% is when the point spread matters. And I think that would be a very interesting nugget for our listeners and fans here on SportsGrid as well. And then we spin it forward for tonight. Listen, Joe, divisional matchup, all that good stuff. People still wonder who San Francisco has beaten. Have they really ever faced a an offense with a guy like Russell Wilson there. Now, I mean, I think he could be the MVP. But the thing is, Russell Wilson, unlike what I keep calling these Tier 2 quarterbacks, the Tier 2 quarterbacks, they need the scheme. They need the players around them, right, to make it all look right. Russell Wilson is in the category with Patty Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. He makes plays to make everyone else around him better. So I really wonder what this Niners defense is going to look like against a quarterback who I trust to make plays. Will they be able to make plays with Nick Boza running down his ass? Well, let's look at what we had this past weekend. All right. You had Tennessee was a dog of five and a half points at closing. Went outright. They won outright. Atlanta was a 14-point dog against Mm -hmm. New Orleans. They won outright. Miami was an 11-point dog on the road to Indy. They Mm -hmm. won outright. Pittsburgh was a home dog, which is a little different than what these other two. uh, Actually, Tennessee was a home dog, and so was Pittsburgh. They both won. Minnesota was a road dog getting three points last night. They won. The Jets were home. They were a dog. And well, they back to beat Thursday, the Giants. The Raiders. Yeah. And so back to Thursday night. Exactly. Raiders on the road. So, you know, you had this week alone, you had mm-hmm. seven dogs cover, six win outright. Uh, which Arizona is, didn't win outright. Arizona was Arizona a dog didn't, didn't win outright, but covered. covered. Exactly. Right. So that's that's crazy. That's absolute yeah. crazy talk. And it's split between. Home favorites and uh, home dogs, rather, and away dogs. But as far as Arizona was the only one that mattered as far as the point spread went, everybody else won outright. I mean, and and mm-hmm. handily, too, I, like, I, I might add. That, so. I, got, <laughs> I mean, and I know we went back and forth on this yesterday. I got the Bills at plus three, Joe. Mm-hmm. So that's a push. That one was right. a push, depending on the number and when you got it throughout the week. Because uh, that right, was going yeah. two and a half to three. So if you but got that it at three. Opened up at, that opened up at two. It went okay. to two and a half. It ended up at three. And the money line, too, was also a great play because that opened up at minus 125 to start. It closed right. around, even still at minus 155 was the closing money line number. 
you got anywhere from minus 125 to minus 155, guys. That was a huge play for the uh, uh, for the Cleveland Browns there. But now you've got tonight, you've got a situation where, listen, the public loves, loves the Seattle Seahawks. Really? Love in the Seattle Seahawks, yes. Really? Um, I thought they loved the defeated home team. No, nah, they, they love, see, Russell Wilson, listen, he's dressing his bae and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and Jay-Z, yeah. he's got the sure. wife. You know, they love, love, love that. But the 49ers, they're 5-3 and three against the number this year. This is the amazing part. When I saw this number, Dan, I almost fell over. They are plus 133 point differential through 10 weeks, through nine weeks. Eight games? In eight games, they're plus 133, which wow. is nuts, guys. And, oh, yeah, the team that's number one, they're second. The team that's number one is uh, New England at plus 172. But New England's played cupcakes, so we know that. San Francisco has at least had themselves a few games here, but this is going to be the biggest test. Russell Wilson in town coming in. They've won two straight, too, Seattle. They won in overtime at home last week uh, in the, against Tampa Bay, and they were a four-point favorite. They covered in that one. They're four and five against the number, only a plus 18-point differential. So not nearly blowing the kinds of people out the way San Francisco is. It did open up at six and a half. It did, of course, uh, and the books are expecting because it's baked into the number. They're expecting the rush to the window to grab the points with Seattle. Uh, but two-thirds of the bets are back in Seattle right now, Dane, and that line hasn't moved. I mean, it's it's barely moved in a lot of places. It's still six and a half and six. So yep. that means while a number of the bets, the, the, the number of bets is bigger for Seattle, the money is bigger on San Francisco. So there's actually, you've got the Sharps laying the points. They don't care. They're back in San Francisco, but you do have an awful lot of tickets being written right now, grabbing the six, the six and a half points. Yeah, and that makes sense because you talk about, you know, in my opinion, the MVP, right? And that's a brand mm -hmm. name. That's what the public knows, right? They all know Russell Wilson and Ciara and all that stuff. Like you're saying, another sexy name. Hey, Josh Gordon may be active tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, another weapon, right? But when you look at San Francisco, you know what's back? Offensive lineman, Joe. You mm -hmm. know, like Joe Staley's back. Yep. You know, maybe yep. Kyle Juszczyk back. And that's things that the public either A, doesn't know about, or B, doesn't want to put as much stock into um, because it's not sexy, right? I. But they're also really without, by the way, Kittle's here. gone, Robbie Gould Kittle is, is gone, gone, and so is Quan Alexander. They, they're already yeah. ruled out tonight. So th there's, yes, they got a couple offensive linemen back, and they've got their fullback. But they do lo they've do lost now a big part of what that offense is with Kittle. And, of course, yeah. Juan Alexander is a tackling machine on that defense. But if they assert their dominance running the ball like we have seen before, mm -hmm. Joe, I don't know that the rest of the equation matters too much, Joe. Like, we've seen these guys literally just overwhelm people in the trenches. Now, I don't mm -hmm. know if they'll be able to do that against the Seattle team that knows it's coming. Right. But that to me is the critical thing. Can San Francisco enforce their will the same way they have a lot of other weeks this year? We have uh, we've got an interesting statistic on the lead official here tonight. Speaking of them, that favors clearly one side here tonight. We'll see if that trend continues to hold water. We'll talk about those coming up Monday Night Football. It's a good one on the grid sportsgrid.com.
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Time to put your money where your mouth is and take a shot. Open yourself a sports wagering account with FanDuel. It's New Jersey's largest sports book. Tonight would be great. Monster Monday night football game here. And if you go to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you can receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's right. A free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays. In-game wagering, whether it be college or pro sports, you're in control. Head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid today. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to 500 bucks today. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you check out the website for details. And uh, interesting uh, here, guys, that we've got. Uh, a week 11 bets, uh, a week 11, rather, uh, numbers are up already. And again, we've talked about this and it's, it bears repeating. It is a market. So understanding where the market starts and where it ends is a pretty valuable resource into making sure you're making smart sports investing decisions. Uh, week 11, you're going to have nine road dogs, five road favorites, and seven divisional matchups as we get ready uh, and all of them, and we've told you, the trends, the dogs, the road dogs, divisional, it's amazing to me what this season has uh, so far gave us, Dane, as far as those goes. In fact, you've got the 49ers here tonight that are home favorites in this particular spot, but it is a divisional game. So you, you, people are, are going, well, I don't know, is it six points? Is it too much? Is it not? Well, Seattle does have a few edges in their favor here tonight. For instance, okay. the Seahawks being the road dog, we told you, 56 and 35 against the number, 61.5% this year. Divisional dog, 21, uh, 24 and 17 against the number, 59%. Uh, and road divisional dogs this year, 15 and 7 for 68%. So they do have a couple of trends working in their favor. And you have Alex Kemp as the lead official. And why is that important? Well, like anything uh, else, yes. like umpires in, in baseball, Dane, they all, everything plays a role, right? Everything's got a spot. Well, he favors San Francisco, clearly. In fact, home teams this year, 14-8 and eight against the number, 63% with him as a lead ref. So they def he definitely loves himself some home teams here, or at least – they seem to win a lot when he is the ref there. So keep an eye on that. You do have all of the underdog probabilities facing and looking towards Seattle. You got a ref uh, situation that looks at San Francisco, and you have a real split between the public and the Sharp. Sharps back in San Francisco, the public taking that six, six and a half points here, Dane. It's uh, 
It's less than a touchdown, and it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens prior to kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about the ref. Maybe he's just a guy who likes, you know, safe passage to his car or to get out of Dodge <laughs> uh, when he's calling a game. Doesn't want to upset the home fans. Listen, you know, I can understand a lot of ways you want to go about this. You know, San Francisco defensively and in the trenches has looked dominant. But we just trust Seattle to minimize some of that because they're kind of a blue chip, well-coached team with Russell Wilson at the helm. I, I honestly... Joe, let me ask you, how big of an impact do you think the likely uh, not having George Kittle is for this offense? You know, because I think it's big. I look at the Manny Sanders, and he's done a lot for this team in his, like, three or four weeks there. But I still feel like it's Kittle that opens up a lot of stuff for the other things. Even the run game, right? Because linebackers mm-hmm. know they have to care about Kittle coming out. So maybe that gives them a step slow in the run game, opening up other parts of it. How much do you think Kittle matters in this game? I think it means a lot to... Uh, Garoppolo, because uh, let's face it, when you have guys like Kelsey and Kittle and, you know, others, they're very important for the check down opportunity, almost like a safety net for guys. And that's really been that's he's been the safety net for Garoppolo. He throws it up. He expects it there. And of course, now that he's not there, you know, it gives you if I'm the defense. Now I can focus on guys like, you know, Manny Sanders a little bit more. And nothing else that they have there scares anybody. So, you know, Kittle's a mismatch nightmare. That's the biggest yeah. problem with him. What the hell linebacker are you going to have to what? Put on put on Kittle's a matchup. So, well, you got Bobby Wagner, loss. I guess. But, yeah. But that's right, the thing. But like, even still. Yeah, sure, no, I, mean, I agree with you. And Bobby my thing Wagner's is like going to have his helmet in the middle of the line because they're going to sure. be trying to run the ball every time. Tw- right. It's going to be tough. And that's the thing. We talk about San Francisco, right? You know, when we had Lorenzo Neal with us, I asked him, they win so many different ways. Their defense will shut you out. They'll run for 200 yards. Last time out, Jimmy G threw for four touchdowns, right? My thing, though, is if Seattle is like, nah, we're not going to let them run the ball. We're not going to let them run the ball. We're going to force Jimmy G to do it like he did on Thursday night football last week against Arizona. The question Mm -hmm. then becomes for me, without Kittle there as that weapon, will it become less easy for Jimmy G to look good in primetime again? He's got Manny Sanders, and don't get me wrong, I like guys like Debo Samuel and some others that are there. Brita out of the backfield as well, for sure. But, I mean, I I wonder – if they then, if Seattle then is like, listen, let's stop this vaunted run game and now force Jimmy G to try to beat us with his arm without Kittle as the security blanket there. Yeah, it's uh, and by the way, it's not like Seattle doesn't have some injuries of their own, including sure. the loss of Justin Britt, their center there, which kind of changes. They'd had to do some shuffling on that offensive line uh, with Russell Wilson, but they're a team that likes to run the ball. They're also a team like San Francisco that's very methodical. These are not run-and-gun types of offenses, although they got really good quarterbacks, really good coaching they're not hurry up, get to the line of scrimmage. Let's run a thousand plays. And I and I say this because uh, there seems to be an awful lot of support for the over in this game. It opened up at 44 points, uh, 45, 44, and it's already been bet up to around 47, 47 and a half. So divisional unders on a primetime game, right? Monday night, those unders, 25 and 17 this year, 60% primetime unders. 
19 and 11, 63%. In fact, the under is 5 and 3 in the 49er games. They're 4 and 5 in the Seahawks games. Weather's not an issue tonight, guys. It's going to be 70 degrees with light breeze. It's going to be non factor okay. in this game. Uh, the field, uh, that field is atrocious any which way you cut it there at Levi Stadium. But it's funny when you look at this total, Dane, I know some people are going to think defensive matchup, right, with San Francisco, yeah. but you got two guys that can sling it. You got two offenses that have been putting up points here this year. So the total is an interesting play to me here tonight. 47 and a half is what I'm staring at right now with our partners over at FanDuel. Um, I will say this, though, Joe, the juice is on the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus 115 versus minus 105, so it may continue to inch up. I, mm-hmm. You talk about the unders in divisional games and primetime games, and I these are two run-heavy, slower-paced teams. Yep. My knee-jerk reaction is towards the under, but one of the yep. things you just said for like a gambling you is follow the money and the line movement, right? You said it yep. opened in the 44s. That's yep. like three points of movement, even without losing an all-pro tight end like Kittle. You know what I yep. mean? You would think that would hamper the offense and the overall total on some level by even half a point or something. So right. it's right. interesting that it's inching up to me. Am I a sucker for take, for wanting to take the under on this one, Joe? Again, which way do you go? Do you want to ob- – to me, it looks like the public and the pros are on the same page. That's why we're seeing three points of line movement yeah. here. Uh, this is another one of those situations, guys, where remember, if you don't place the bet right up until kickoff, right, there's there's no harm in this because the biggest ability or the biggest um, – Um, bets can be made because there are no limitations on the bets right now. The biggest handle is going to happen just before kickoff. I think you're going to have a pretty good idea about 10 minutes prior to kickoff here, Dane, where the final push is and where that final money is going to be coming in because the limits are off the board right now. This is now you can bet, you know, now they can take the the 50,000, the 80,000, 125,000. Right. They can take the big money bets here tonight, today, day of kickoff. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Does that thing creep down just before kickoff? Or do you think, like you said, the juice is there? Maybe it, it creeps up to 48. I think at that point, Dane, I'd be forced to jump on the under here. I'm not necessarily buying two run-heavy teams, slow-paced yeah. with good defenses. I don't know that we're going to get a shootout here tonight in a primetime game. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a shootout, to be quite honest. I'm going to trust the 49ers defense, mm. you know, on some level to do their job. And to be quite honest, for me, Joe, we said it. These teams want to run the ball. You yeah. know, I know Russell Wilson is great. He's an MVP candidate. 22 inter- uh, touchdowns, only one interception. I get it. But I think the clock is going to be running in this game for the most yep. part. And I think that's my predominant lean on this one because I think that's the way both of these teams want to try to play. And quite frankly, Joe, I think both of these teams respect their opponent to not right. get too cute in this one. So I'm leaning under right now. I may even like, Joe, that first half under that you talk about all the time because right. if it opens up, it'll open up in the second half, in my opinion. It should also be noted, too, that they both also become really slow we're talking like the bottom two or three teams when they have the lead. Then they really slow right. it down. Yeah, I can mean, run so it. it's 
Yeah, uh, uh, this is going to be very interesting. What's going to give here tonight is whose offensive line is going to be able to get some movement. We already know, uh, and let's face it, the 49ers are going to run the ball. They're going to they're going to try to run it down that defense's throat. Put Bobby Wagner in couple. Do they put eight, nine guys in a box without Kittle there? Do they, is it all out to stop Manny the run? There's got to win matchups, Manny. Got to win that, your matchup on the outside. And will we be looking at a game that's in the mid to upper 20s or 30s? We'll take a look. Uh, we'll take a look at some of our bets. We'll do that coming up here. Make it rain on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Also got some uh, some records in uh, college football here in the look ahead lines as uh, Rutgers and Ohio State uh, own the distinction oh of having the highest uh, the highest road favorite total that we have seen in college football as Ohio State 40? will be traveling uh, to Jersey as a uh, 50 and a half point favorite against the Scarlet Knights. Uh, yeah, yeah. it to 56, now, the- Joe. The interesting part is that teams that have done this before, teams of at least 50 points or more as a favorite, guys, they haven't done very well. They're 20-32-1 since 2005, so they don't often cover the 50 points. So as sad as that number is, there is an opportunity there from a betting perspective to, hey, all right, they can can be a 50.4-point favorite they want, they don't often cover uh, 38.5%. So, and this is interesting too. You've got a 50.5 point <laughs> favorite who's on the road. The total's only 56. <laughs> oh, wait, what? That's like mathematically impossible. <laughs> so they basically so it's are gonna telling be 53 you. 53 to 3. That is the final that's, score. <laughs> that's exactly what they're telling you. Is that's that a, they that's think- a slim needle of thread right there, guys. I'll tell you. That's how bad Rutgers be is. A way to, uh, there's <laughs> got to be a way to do this, Joe. Wow. They're basically expecting Ohio State to win this game 56 to nothing. That's what they're telling you is right. they don't expect the Scarlet Knights to get it done. I just, I mean, that's how little respect the odds makers have for the Scarlet Knights. Team totals got to be like three and a half. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, literally. Do they even have it up at FanDuel yet? I'm looking not not uh no. The two larger <laughs> spreads, by the way, for just for uh for historical purposes here. Oklahoma was a fifty-seven and a half point favorite over Kansas State back in eighty-seven. That was the Barry Switzer years there. Yeah. That was uh those teams were just those teams were just crazy. Brian Bosworth, all of those lunatics. Mm-hmm. And then Oklahoma again, oddly enough, was a fifty-four point favorite at Kansas last year. So this is uh, here we go. But again, they don't often cover as a 50 point or better favorite. But the total, Dane, at 56 just killed me, man. 
I'm like, well, they got, what is it, 80? Like, what's the, t- what is, no, 56. Does Ohio State have Michigan up after the Rutgers game? Can I make the, can I make the, like, trap game look ahead narrative? I, there's a, you know? there's value there, man. Any which way yeah. you cut it, there's value there. Yeah, now, give me the 51 points. <laughs> like, serious, give me the 51 points. I'll let, I'll take the 51 against like the Harlem Globetrotters for God's sake. Uh, I don't absolutely. care. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, anybody, anything can happen. Anybody can get it's lucky like with nine percent, uh, right? <laughs> wow, cracking me up, man. Yeah, uh, congratulations, by the way, to uh, LSU taking down in Tuscaloosa, yes. Alabama. Of course, yes. you know how much Alabama means to the college landscape when. There's about a dozen articles this morning written on how Alabama can still make it into the still top four there. and play for a national championship. So you you don't think Alabama is uh, is worth dollars and cents to people? That's that's what the media is writing about. Who's got to lose in order for Alabama still to be in the top four? And the sad part is, Dane, there's still about a dozen scenarios that can happen that will allow Alabama to be the number four team crazy as that is yes but listen 46 41 it's a good loss i you know it's certainly not bad but that kid joe burrow and company i know everyone was all over tua tua looked like a wounded uh you know he he just he looked like a wounded bird out there that was hobbling around but he can throw some balls surgery yeah i mean listen he's got screws in his ankles and but Joe Burrow, I, I don't know how much money that kid just made himself over the weekend. A, he's probably going to win the Heisman. Uh, but B, if he is not a top three or four pick in the draft, I don't know if I don't know what the hell is. Yeah, I mean, it's gone from tank for Tua to blow for Joe. Um, yeah. And that's where I think teams, maybe Cincinnati, maybe Washington, maybe the Jets and Giants are starting to think about now. But, you know, I think the funny part is, and the – the, the playoff standings don't come out until tonight or tomorrow morning for the week. Mm-hmm. What you want to see for this idea of Alabama's path is you want to see Alabama vis-a-vis basically Oregon and right. uh, Utah, okay? Yes. Because that's the key. Listen, Penn State's going to fall by the wayside, right? So Clemson is going to step up, and, uh, you know, Georgia will probably step up into that four spot. Okay, now you got to think if all things play out, you're going to likely see a Georgia versus LSU championship game. Right. And then let's say LSU, let's say LSU, Clemson and Ohio State run the table. Okay, you're going to have Georgia in that four spot. And if they then lose an SEC championship game or get banged out, you're, you're left with. A Pac-12 champion like in Oregon, you're left with potentially your Sooners, or at least the Sooners, and you're left with the Crimson Tide. And at that point, you're going to have a very interesting narrative, and you can make the case, oh, well, Oregon lost to SEC team Auburn, but not the best SEC team. Bama lost to LSU, the best SEC team, right? Oklahoma, you can say that their loss wasn't as good. The fact that Alabama has a great loss by only five to what could be the number one team could be their path. But they now need Georgia to trip up along the way and the Pac-12 to not look as impressive. 
Yeah, you need actually you need LSU to win out. So if yeah, LSU absolutely. wins out, then that gives a two loss Georgia team there out. There is still a, right. a possibility of having two SEC teams in the yeah, top four, but yep. you can't have Georgia win. So LSU wins out and then you need some help. You need either Clemson to possibly lose a game, although they played absolutely nobody. I really don't have any. You think Alabama's schedule is bad, guys? Clemson has played the worst of the worst. Not their fault. But their schedule is just the LSU, bottom. The Ohio State, Clemson. You got to hope they're the three. And Alabama, you're playing for the fourth. Hoping well, you're the second. And then you need other help, though. Like, you need yeah. Baylor to lose. Baylor can't win uh, and can't beat Oklahoma in a Big 12 championship. Right. Otherwise, you're screwed. And you also need Oregon or Utah to do right. the same. Yep. because then they'd all have one loss, and then the committee is going to decide, do we want Utah, Oregon, right. or Alabama? Uh, I don't think that – I don't think Alabama gets in over Oklahoma if Oklahoma runs the tables exactly. and wins the Pac-12 championship. I think Oklahoma's in. I think they'll be out. But we've all seen this before. Hell, they almost lost to Iowa State over the weekend in a game that they were 14-and-a-half-point favorites in, and they still barely got out of there. On a Iowa State, I give them credit. They went for the win instead of the tie, guys. They actually went for the win and didn't get the two-point conversion. But Oklahoma, well, if they're one, this weekend too. Yeah, well, if they're a Big Twelve champion. Yeah, right. even if LSU wins out, if they're a Big Twelve champion, you're not going to have SE two SEC teams. Right. It's just not going to happen. Say you, similar things, Joe, about the Pac-12, right? So, like you said, it's really that, right? I think you're assuming LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State. Remember, there's Winner. five big power conferences for four mm -hmm. spots. You got to right. assume those three, right? The SEC champ, the Big Ten champ, and Clemson, right? That's mm -hmm. three of them. What Alabama has to hope for is that the Pac-12 champ, a.k.a. Oregon or Utah, kind of trips up along the way or looks less impressive. Mm -hmm. You got to hope, in essence, that one of those two teams, like, loses a regular season game, but then mm -hmm. wins the conference championship to be sitting there with two. And similar things for in the Big, um, the big 12, you got, um, you know, Oklahoma and Baylor with sort of a similar idea. Alabama would need to hope that the Pac-12 or the Big um or the Big 12 champ gets kind of upset along the way and doesn't look impressive. Yep. That's the only yep. way in for a team like Alabama. And they need the only Georgia. Way I see it. If Georgia and I can't see Clemson. LSU, if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship, well, you make a whole it different to SEC teams. Yeah, no, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame and a whole different ball of wax there. But, I, you know, listen, I still don't know how good this Clemson team is. I mean, I yeah. you know, it looks good on paper. They have yet to be... Well, they were kind of taken to the uh, woodshed there by North Carolina, who also went for two in the win and weren't able to get it done. But we have seen this Clemson team get pushed before against lesser competitors. I don't know. I just don't know what's good there. And Baylor, I, they scored nine points in four quarters. They scored 25 points in, in three overtimes or against TCU. I don't know. I, I can they beat Oklahoma? I, uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be Pac-12 to tell you the truth. I think everyone's been overlooking them. I do think Oregon and Utah will shine through, and I do think the rest of these teams are going to end up just kind of. Alabama this week is at oh. five ahead of a six Oregon. Well, yep. Then Alabama would still be in pole position after the Georgia. We think Georgia loses.
Yeah, and again, well, I don't want to discount. That's what we got to see out of Alabama. I don't want to discount the Big 12, because uh, the Big 10, rather, because, you know, Minnesota's doing everything in their power for people hey, to recognize them. But this, uh, yeah, this Tuesday, this, uh, this release of the latest rankings from the committee is going to be very telling as far as how far they drop, where do they go, where is Clemson, where does Minnesota go? Because I can tell you right now, the AP, they only dropped Alabama to four. So they... Is Alabama still ahead of the Pac-12? Are they still ahead of right. Georgia? That's the question because they got to be sitting in position. If they're sitting already ahead of Oregon, yeah. then they have a chance because, remember, they likely will not have a conference championship game to kind of make their case, whereas these yeah. other squads, Oklahoma, Oregon, likely will. Yeah, and again, as long as there is – but we've seen chaos before. Who the hell knows? you got three or four weeks left uh, before the conference championships – Anything? I mean, hell, Rutgers could upend Ohio State here. <laughs> hey, Joe. Uh, I know we only got a minute or so, <laughs> but I just got word here from Mike Cardano, and we're yes. talking about our crew here, Sports Grid, Daily Roto. It happened mm-hmm. again, Joe. It happened again. Colin Damn Drew banging it out over on DraftKings, taking home 120K. Our guy, Colin Drew, winning another tournament. That's why you get on the grid. We help you win your leagues and win that cash. And what do you say, Joe, in the read? If you ain't following the Optimizer, our Daily Roto crew, you are doing it wrong. Another 120K. Shout out to our boy, Colin Drew. I wish you'd divide it instead of hiding it, I damn know, it. Right? You know what I mean? Past the, I, didn't, I didn't get the email there, Colin, about, uh, hey, guys, this is a lineup you may want to throw out there on uh, on DraftKings. But that's all right. I'm sure we'll uh, hey, we'll talk to him we'll here coming up in the morning after. I'm sure he's going to talk all about what he had and didn't share with the rest of us here at the grid. So thanks, Colin. Appreciate that. Bottom line is get, you, get to the optimizer, guys, because I can promise yeah. you this, no matter what the lineup was, it was utilized through the uh, the optimizer one way or the other. So get her done. All right, get it done, Dane. Who are you uh, taking here tonight? We talk about great win, good teams win, great teams cover. We're going to find out if San Francisco is great tonight or not. I actually – give me the points. I think Russell keeps it too close. I think they don't pull away from Russell Wilson, in my opinion. And I'll give you one prop bet. Without George Kittle there, Joe – Manny Sanders' receptions is four and a half. I feel comfortable going over that. What do you think there, Joe? Four and a half catches for Manny Sanders without Kittle and Seattle, I think, keying in on the run. I think Manny can get five or more. What do you say? Oh, they're going to win. He's going to have to. So I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to lean to the uh, I'm going to lean to the under. Well, and I've got you. two bets tonight. I got a um, – I got a teaser with Seattle getting 12, and I've also got – I took San Francisco on the money line. So anywhere between San Francisco winning and not uh, middle, not Joe. winning by more than 12, I'm good to, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm fine there. Just hey, don't screw luck, it up man. and win by 14, all right? Don't, don't be something crazy like that. All right, morning after is next. We'll break it down tomorrow. Good luck. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. You missed on Make It Rain. Zeke Elliott was and his two yards of carry with some size going to explode, and it just did not happen. If you want the ball in the the hot hand, the hot hand wasn't the running back. The hot hand was Dak Prescott, and they went away from it at the most ridiculous of times again. And you got to wonder, like Jerry sitting up there looking at uh, Jason Garrett, going, "How much more of 500 football do you got to watch here before they decide to move in a different direction?" Well, Lincoln Riley is going to be the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys um, in about three months, um, unless Dallas reels some off. But I still and you and I have both said this. We still think Philadelphia is the class of that NFC East. They're another team, much like Minnesota, who had a little bit of an issue and has like self-corrected, in my opinion, discovering Jordan Howard in the run game and all that good stuff. But, you know, I'll say it right now. Um, I, I believe Lincoln Riley will be the head coach of the Cowboys next year. Yeah, and that and that defense too. I don't know what else to say. Dallas. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Vikings just gassed you every chance they got. Big play. And I want you to know this too about the Cowboys, which is interesting. Keep this in mind: the Cowboys had a chance to play the Vikings without Adam Thielen. They had yeah. a chance to play the uh, Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams. Okay, and you know you can go down a list. They've had opportunities to beat the better upper echelon teams without star players, and they haven't been able to win a damn game without it. So. It's just, it goes to show you, big game, not much has changed in Big D, especially at these moments. And the schedule, I think, gets a little tougher, too, as they continue to move on. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to I have win. it up. It's, what, it's what's the next three them, weeks Joe. of their games? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, let's look back, because you're right, Joe, and there are five wins, Joe, four of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Are against two against the Giants, one against Miami and one against Washington. Okay, so let's remember that that's four of their five Mm -hmm. wins. They did have the big win against Philadelphia at home, which gives them technically the lead right now in the NFC East. But as you look forward, Joe, you're right. It does not get easier. I mean, the rest of the season, I mean, their last week 17 is against Washington, okay? So, mm-hmm. And they may luck out next week. Next week, they're in Detroit, but Matt Stafford, you know, has his back issues. That sounds like it could be a longer-term thing, so they may get lucky and see a little Jeff Driscoll next week. But after that, Joe, at New England, home for Buffalo, and we'll find out what Buffalo is. At Chicago, that might be tough for at Chicago. That's a Sunday night football at Chicago in December. I think it'll be cold there. Then they got the Rams and the Eagles, all teams who will be likewise fighting for their spot. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of in a place where they're going to be punching it out. They got to beat the people in front of them if they have any kind of ideas on the playoffs. But so Mm -hmm. do their opponents. 